Hello and welcome to the Get Known Podcast. I'm Steve Lee. We hope everyone is doing well and staying safe in these less than normal times. At our office, working from home has become, well, normal, I suppose. And now we finally have the chance to do a new podcast. I'm pretty excited about that. For those of you who are new to the Get Known podcast, we interview journalists about their work and what they cover so that companies can know better how to engage with the press and to get their company covered in the media. Our big goal is to make sure that companies out there who are reaching out to the press build the right relationships, pitch the right ideas, and understand better what wastes the journalist's time and how not to waste their own time. One of the best-known business journalists in Finland is Elina Lapalainen. We were lucky to have her take some time out to talk about her passion for journalism and her personal drivers towards the stories she writes. A lot of people know Elena as a tough journalist, and she is. But that's how journalists who care about what they do are able to write the articles their readers want to read. Elena shared lots of inside knowledge on how to get stories written, what companies should do and should not do, and I even asked her about how PR people can work with her to get more stories out with so many pitches on her desk and so many great stories to tell in Finland. I really feel like every company needs to take the things that she says to heart. So enjoy and get ready to take some notes. Let's get to the interview. I'm really happy to have uh, Elina Lapilainen with me from Talos Elema. Um, but Elena, will you please introduce yourself properly and tell a little bit about what you do? Hi, everyone. I, I'm a journalist in Talos Elema, as you said, and I cover startups, uh, technology, uh, growth companies, venture funding, and I have passion from, for all digital and games. So um, this is something I love to do. Um, we have our own startup pages, So I collect data about all the venture funding rounds in Finnish startup scheme, and we publish them uh, and analyze them. Uh, We write news about them, and then we cover them all along the way. If they are successful and growth, get acquired or go bankrupt. And uh, it's been a wonderful ride with all these companies during the 10 years I have covered them since the beginning of Supercell and, and all the other success stories. Then I have a technology column and I'm a nonfiction author, um, having written five books. Well, now a nonfiction author also, what kinds of books have you been writing? Can you tell a little bit about that just really quickly? <laughs> okay. Uh, my first book happened to win the... Uh, Theatre Finlandia Award, uh, so good beginning, about uh, how to raise uh, animal welfare in Finland. And uh, my latest books have been for children, non-fiction for children about um, animal factory farming in Finland, uh, how to make games. Uh, so, And then uh, the latest one was about Minna Kant, who is an um, author uh, in Finnish history. Tell me something personal so that people know that you're human. Well, um, I'm a live action role player. You I'll, are. 
yeah, well, not so actively anymore, but that's the thing I love. I love to read fantasy books and um, play games. Just now I'm playing Ori of the Blind Forest. So, like, the hobbies I actually do with the most are reading, cooking. I love cooking. You love cooking. What kind of food do you cook? Well, I'm mother of two, so (laughs) I cook with my kids. Uh, Just regular stuff kids like to eat. But we do it together. Um, And we go to forest often, like very often, even before Corona. (laughs) So now everyone is doing it. (laughs) We did it already. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was your favorite? What do you want me to tell? That was perfect. That was absolutely <laughs> perfect. That's exactly what people want to know before before they get into the meat. So you take that one. <laughs> oh, the list. Okay. You know, uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you today is because you not only cover startups, but... Um, but all kinds of different companies who are making a difference here in Finland. So um, I want to understand what attracted you to this area of business, because Talos Elema is for pretty much a business-oriented magazine. Um, maybe you could tell also a little bit about what Talos Elema is, what the mission of Talos Elema is in comparison to some other business magazines. Okay, you had several questions there. Yes. I try to keep them in my mind. But if if I start from Taloselma, Taloselma so first. Taloselma is uh, the the biggest um, weekly business magazine in the Nordics. Uh, we cover business and economics uh, mostly in Finland, but of course also with the international aspect. We want to tell news and stories, give understanding about business and economy, uh, tools to the professionals to do their work, understand the world, uh, and be better in their own work. So this is a media brand uh, that is part of Alma Talent, Alma Media Company. This is a company. And uh, so I also write to Kauppalehti because we do cooperations. So my, some of my stories um, go to Kauppalehti's page or Tietoviikko or Tekniikatalous can use them also in the online. So if you see my name popping popping up, that's the reason. What is what has changed in the way that you do your work since since all of this COVID stuff has happened? Well, I will work also remotely as, as all professionals. Like, uh, but um, it hasn't been very quiet actually. Um, it's been surprisingly busy. Uh, venture fundings are still happening. Of course, most of them are something that uh, those negotiations have started in previous last years. So. Not not um, funding round happens in in weeks, um, but it has still been busy. Mm. I don't know if anything else changed actually. So you're still doing basically the same thing. Has the type of 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 uh, thing you're looking for changed? I was listening to one uh, journalist uh, talk about in the UK that. Uh, com- that that journalists are looking for more positive stories these days for example, because what happens is that 
a lot of people are tired of hearing all the bad news. Do you see well, those true. kinds of subject area changes at all in the way that you're working? That's true. And yes, we saw a tremendous spike of uh, digital uh, subscriptions in the beginning of this thing. And then there is now less and less of them. People are clearly uh, tired of the bad news. But during all this time, I have been in a in a positive bubble with with these nice startups and their positive news. So I live I live in an Iceland <laughs> where <laughs> where where there's still growth and there there's like news I get to cover are uh, small giant games is worth 1.7 billion and uh, got more money from Zynga or. Uh, Nanoform is a uh, stock listing or uh, Walt gets 100 million more. So that's the world where I live. So no coronavirus for, for me. <laughs> that's great. The, you know, to be honest, it's really good to hear that um, because I think a lot of people out there aren't so positive these days. You know, it's, it's, we're inundated with that kind of information. But now to say that there are still positive things going on and Again, that your job as a as a as a reporter for those in those beats is hasn't changed that much. I I find that to be super interesting. I do well. I see that I see that uh, people very much like my postings, for example, in LinkedIn because they love to hear positive things in in the middle of all of this. So uh, the engagement in social media with these positive stories is a clear indicate that they need these. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, one of the things, Elena, that we always uh, look at when we are watching your posts and your media and the things that you do is that you really um, get down to the real root of the story. And you're, I would have to say to you are sort of a no bullshit. You're known as a sort of no bullshit uh, kind of reporter. Um can you tell a little bit more about, I think you could have some really good advice for uh, companies that are trying to uh, talk to Talos Elema or any media like Kaupalehti. What do you think your advice for them would be and what kind of mistakes maybe have you seen people making? I like the description, no bullshit. Um, but that's that's because... I have covered startups for 10 years. I have seen hundreds of startups. Um, sometimes I cover myself to VC. They invest um, money. I invest my time and credibility uh, by writing about something. And I do proper journalism and I'm serious about it. And I, I want that I have facts right. I'm not here to uh, give some positive uh, stories that make you look good. We are here to inform and analyze. Um, and we have responsibility for our readers. So I need the companies to understand that we are doing journalism. And there's a difference what I do and what PR agencies are doing. We are busy. And we get tons of pitches from companies. So you need to understand the process we have in the newsroom and how the media works. Uh, that 
we have certain media prints and we have certain pages where we uh, cover certain topics in 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 a way we are used to do. Um, for example, I get a lot of pitches about we have this new cool technology and we are uh, going to Sweden. Uh, well, that's that's nice. Uh, if you have a cool techno technology, maybe you go talk to Technica and Talos. Uh, I'm interested about business. Do you have significant revenue growth? Did you get a significant funding round? Or do you have some other business-related big news to tell? And then we also want to feel, hear about failures. Uh, it's our responsibility to show the whole picture and share the learnings. So we are not here only for the positive stories. When when companies go bankrupt, I, I hope that people would be more open to talk about it and to share the stories. Yeah. I, and I actually think that that's a really important thing. It's like there's a lot to be taught about failures and a lot to be taught about opening up. So I'm also wondering, uh, why do you think it is that Finnish companies don't come to the table with more uh, talk about the difficulties that they have overcome in order to get where they are? You know, do you, would you like to hear more stories like that? Is that does that become more interesting? Should companies be uh, approaching you and saying, "Well, we we thought things were going to be really tough, but and we they were, but we made it, and here's the story behind that." Is that the kind of thing you think readers want to hear? I think so, because there's drama. There's something that's humane. We tried to set up a, a series of stories about bankruptcies in Kaupalehti. I had about 10 companies. I called to the entrepreneurs. Some of them I knew very far away uh, for a long, long time. And, and uh, one uh, wanted to participate. Uh, others, well, bankruptcies aren't very nice all the time. So you get end up to fighting with the investors or the other founders. Maybe you have been kicked off or something else. You, it it might be painful to talk about it, and I understand. And it's I don't want to like put salt to your wounds, but I want to understand and uh, share the learnings. Be very analytical, uh, and I think that would be valuable to whole ecosystem. Yeah, I think it would be too. I mean, the thing is that life. And the most successful companies, you know, we look at companies like Supercell, uh, the, the team there went through, you know, four, three, four different companies before they, you know, they did, they did Sumia, they did digital chocolate, then they got out of that and they went to start this form, this new, new company, Supercell. And that, it took them many, many years to actually get through that. So, so do you have any advice about how companies should um, approach a journalist like yourself that makes you interested or makes you that, that, that makes sense. What's your kind of, of, of advice about approaching you as a media and as a, as a journalist? Well, the scale of the pitches I get is very wide. Um, 
from a personal message at Twitter from entrepreneur I, I might know already. But, Hi, Elena. Um, how does it work? We have a funding round coming. Uh, what do we do? And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. I yeah. mean, you can approach me very casually, but then I explain that, okay, good news. Congratulations. You have a funding round. And that's, uh, please tell me more in email. Uh, tell how big amount it is. And if you are, uh, what is the innovation and business model? Um, who are the investors? Are there any serial entrepreneurs we might be interested in? Or why this is important? And then we decide if, if I just put it to our database uh, and table, or if I cover and write a story. And um, that's about it. It doesn't need to be difficult. Yeah, you're right. But it some people even uh, they they even can ruin this. <laughs> it isn't difficult. But <laughs> how some, do they some... ruin it? Tell me. Tell me about. I think I think the listeners of this podcast want to know how they can screw it up. What What is the way you see people screwing it up? Well, uh, there was a case that had already pitched it to VentureBeat. And then I saw it in VentureBeat. Uh, great, you have this uh, news in, in internationally out already. Why didn't you tell me about it under embargo? Mm-hmm. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> and then they made a second failure. They had told VentureBeat an amount that included business Finland money. And then they didn't want me to cover the actual venture funding money. Like that would look bad. Right. So they didn't give me interview at all. I see. So, so, so what's the lesson from that? I think it sounds like an honesty question. Like openness, like being transparent. Do you think people have trouble being open when it comes to these types of things? And, and what do you think the reason for that is? Sometimes. Maybe they want to look better or they want to amount look bigger, something like that. Maybe the international investors aren't so used about the Finnish business life's transparency that here or all the investors are actually public and we get the balance sheet and everything. I don't know. Well, I think that it's really important for people to understand that that here in Finland, and I think it's useful around the world, that that people actually are more and more transparent about what the truth is behind things. And I guess also the hard work that, that I guess as a journalist, a lot of the journalists I've spoken to, if you tell everybody that everything's all roses and and flowers and everything that, that they are not going to believe you, that they're going to dig harder if they're a real journalist. And that's pretty normal. Yeah. And then, of course, the learnings from maybe about Rovio, because everything when everything went well, they got used to nice headlines about the growth. And then when we had something to criticize, when it didn't go so well, then they started to have 
problems with the media relationship. It's about the trust you build along the way, the relationship you build along the way. But then you need to realize that in the end, I'm not your friend. Mm -hmm. I'm a journalist and I have a responsibility to my readers. And I can write negative things. I can criticize. And if I hear something bad about your company, you are doing something wrong, I'm going to tell it. So that's so plain and simple. But if they want to get your trust, or not just your trust, but the truth is that if they are constantly working from a place of trust, then 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 they can expect that you will cover them fairly. And that means that, but I still also think that there's a lot of value in media. Like, I mean, the things that you do are incredibly valuable. You can imagine if you say something positive, it has a lot of weight, but you also have to be seen as not always posting things that are positive or otherwise your, your publication doesn't get trusted. You know, if you're always, if you're always saying stuff. So we often are trying to tell companies this thing that the, there's a serious balance. I mean, although we work as a mediator in PR and what, this is actually one of those things I want to ask you about too, is that tell me a little bit about, about, you know, PR from your point of view and what, how are you skeptical and concerned about it and what kinds of things, how do you think PR can be better or done better, whether that's an internal or external um, activity within a company? Most of the time, I don't even kind of care about the PR. I have my own criteria about if this, if this is a story for me or not. Mm-hmm. So in few seconds, I read a headline and a few lines in, in, in the email I get. Mm-hmm. In few seconds, I decide if this is important or not. And uh, I get phone calls from PR people, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I don't remember your names, usually, <laughs> or which company you represent, uh, or, but uh, I, I care about the entrepreneurs, I care about the companies and the stories. So there's my focus. Right. PR can help me if they have, like, Sometimes I get get so good service that all the data I need for my table is already ready and served for me. Like I need uh, amount of employers, when the company was founded, what was the amount, who are the investors, uh, revenue, profit, etc. If you can offer those, I'm happy. You help me. And uh, if you can if you can make things easier faster, uh, give the assets. It's helpful. So the job of PR, and this is actually something that I think we're trying to, to, to help companies do again, whether they use a company like ours or they use a different one is that we're out to help the journalist make a good story as easy as possible because your job's hard. You know, you were talking at the very beginning of this whole thing. Can you tell a little bit about the process of of putting a story together and the, the steps you have to go through so everybody understands what what in real journalism situation uh, 
your job is, because that's where we all, whether you're a company or a PR firm that's working with that company, this is where we can all make that better. So can you just step us through a little bit about how a story gets written and how a story gets published? Well, if we take a regular funding news round, about a round five to 10 million, uh, that I would put also to print magazine in Talousalama. Then I would, um, when when I get uh, pinged about it under embargo, that here, here hi, there is going to be news. Then I ask, okay, when it's going, what's the embargo? Can I put it to this print magazine's issue uh, that has deadline on, on Tuesday? And if that's okay, uh, then we set up a phone interview or or meeting. Uh, do you have a good uh, PR pictures already, or should we take out self photos? Um, we do an interview, and of course, I do background checking. I check companies' web pages. I check our uh, archives. Uh, what have I written previously? Um, and I check the balance sheet very often. And then I do the interview and write the story, send the quotes for checking. Uh, you can um, say if there if there's a factual mistakes, you can suggest corrections, but you can't change anything to me, be more positive than I have written. And then then I'll publish the story under embargo when it's accurate. Okay. Is that's, that what you needed to hear? No, that that's I think I think that that's that's very very clear for people. But you know, a lot of companies just don't know how that um, they don't know how that process works, and so it scares them. I mean, like you said, you had someone contact you on Twitter and say, "Hey." <laughs> I'm going to do this thing. But when they understand that process, do your editors, I, I, you know, very often you also have to convince editors and other people that, that this story is going to be worth it. Right. I mean, a lot of times you have to pitch to an editor or some, some, some people do. Yeah. Unless well, you're the editor. Some, some people. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I work very independently. So I decide what I write. Right. Myself. Right. right. Uh, if I think something is worth to cover, mm -hmm. uh, usually all the editors say, okay, uh, what media channel you want to put it? Mm -hmm. Of course, if I want to do six uh, pages reportage in, in Talos Elamas print magazine, then I need to confident the, the editor. She's a tough one. Um, but uh, <laughs> but that's good, that, right? Isn't yeah. it good that you have tough people around you so that whatever comes out is awesome? Yeah, she's uh, not buying all my ideas, but okay. she's an exception. <laughs> I'm surprised, you know? I have to say that that's actually, it keeps you from getting comfortable, though, you know? Yeah. It keeps you on the top of your game. You You should see how much she edits my stories. Really? Even <laughs> yeah, you? Does. Yeah. People will be happy to hear that, you know, they, they, they kind of like, uh, you know, your status out there or the reputation is that, is that whatever you write, you can just put it out there, but Hey, it's good that you have, you have to answer to somebody too. But I also think that's incredibly important because most people do have to answer to someone. And when yeah. you do talk to a journalist, 
um, and you pitch a story, at least us in our media, we are in, in our, in our firm, you know, San Francisco has to regularly talk to, um, try to make it so that there's a balance. It has to be a win-win. You have to make it a win for the, for the journalist and her editor. And then you also have to make it, you know, a win for the client. And so I think our job ends up being a, a balance there, but I don't know if everybody sort of approaches it the way that we do. I think that, you know, we're trying to teach people this stuff. The reason we have this podcast in the first place <laughs> is so that people learn that, that they learn what, what we, what we're up against when that's why I want you to tell how on honestly. So going back to one other question about PR. So I know you don't care who the PR agency is or whatever, and don't remember any of those types of things. And that's great. But I have favorites though. Oh, yeah. you do have favorites. Okay. Have <laughs> that's good. That's good. We don't have to talk about your favorites right here. No. Let's be let's be professional. <laughs> but because I don't want I don't want this to be about us. I want this to be about what you think. And I also want to tell I want to ask what you think that the issues with PR agencies are. Can you tell me a little bit about how how have 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 you run into or maybe this doesn't happen so much in Finland, but have you run into issues with with not just agencies, but, but, you know, PR people or what do, what should we remember as PR agencies, as we're, as we're coming to you? You've said to put everything, you know, you've already said that we need to, our job is to make sure that you can make the story as easy as possible. So that's great. What else should we watch out for? Well, the biggest problems I've had with PR people are inside very like very big companies uh, and in that case the uh, PR person is actually a gatekeeper who is trying to keep me away not giving the interview not wanting to give the financial results yet um, etc so um, that's the most common problem I have that I'm waiting to know the financials of Uros or uh, Volt or some other companies that don't want to tell them until they really need to. Or Unity. Unity was a, a perfect example. They gave the 2018 financials on February this year okay and and it was half a year of <laughs> negotiation to get that interview so huh. most of the companies are easier yeah i can imagine that can you also say how how when you talk about your covering startups uh can you define better um like at what level do you consider a company no longer to be a startup? Like what's the, what's, what's the level? Well, I cover also growth companies and I cover still a supercell that is not a startup. Um, if we look at the, our startup competition, where we in Talousalama every year select the 10 most promising startups in Finland. Uh, then we look at uh, startups that are under five year old, 
have less than 10 million in revenue. So that's our official um, German for st startup. Okay. And, and what about industry-wise? Is it, is it primarily tech or do you cover all kinds of different areas like, um, you know, all kinds of different businesses? Does it really matter what the business is or is it primarily in the world of, of technology? How's your if feeling? it is a startup, if it's ambitious, uh, internationally scalable, innovation and business model uh, that's going to go international, um, if it has VC funding, then it's my case, no matter if it's um, food tech or if it's um, something completely like design. If I tell my soft spot, all your customers are trying to use it, of course. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. But it's, <laughs> I won't put that on the podcast. So just... <laughs> you can do it. Okay, go ahead. Because um, I'm a very value-based person. Like, I'm a journalist because I've, I care about the world, about the democracy, about um, the truth and education and uh, women's rights and children's rights and environment. That's why I'm a, I am a journalist. So the question how this is changing the world, how this is helping the world, is there an impact? Yes, that's maybe my soft spot. Right. And that's it. To be honest, you know what, Elena, you just hit it right on the head. Because the thing that we have to tell people all the time is it's not about your product. It is about the impact that you're making. It is about your purpose. And if your purpose matches or does something around the world, it can look past the money. You know? Yeah. And, well, and that's you look, imp why impact in investing is a big thing now. Well, it's so. true. It's, but it's also impact investing makes money. And impact makes impact investing makes money because it's long term. It's looking at the longer term. Yes, and also it's uh, often disrupting things, making things more economical because less resources are used. So it's also a sensible thing to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what about what about also when it comes to stories? When someone's not announcing, one of the toughest things that we deal with is someone might not be announcing um, a funding round, which is easy to cover. Like it's easily to get interested in funding around. Um, sometimes we get like, for example, companies want to talk about a business deal that got made internationally or, or, or these kinds of things. What's the level of interest that you see in that type of thing? Or what would you advise with regards to whether that's worth approaching you about? Not usually. Mm -hmm. And what's the reason for that? I'm interested if and when those business deals uh, start to show a significant revenue growth. Then it's proven. Then if you had good deals previous year and you can show me the numbers that hey we have grown past 10 million right now 
and that was because of these big deals, then I might be interested. Okay, that's really good to know. Because it is very interesting. We we very often also are trying inside the PR company and inside the company to sort of say, what's interesting? What's newsworthy? Can you maybe uh, rate? So number one newsworthy thing is if you've had um, big revenue gains or something like that, probably. Or is it that you've gotten financing, something something having directly to do with the money? I referred to the news I covered uh, during this month. Uh, if you are worth 1.7 billion, that's kind of my... <laughs> <laughs> you get to my uh, top of my to-do list. Uh-huh. Or if you are stock listing, or if you raise 100 million. <laughs> so that's the level. That's the, the level. Finnish startups are so unbelievable that the level is it, very tough, I know. Yeah. The bar has been rising. Back in, back in the day, days, I was excited if someone raised a million. Right. Now, I, ha- I don't have time to write all of them. Right. So, so, so now, if you don't have 100 million raised, should people even bother to come see you? Yeah. I'm, if you <laughs> all have right. Three, tell me why. Okay. If you why, have three. <laughs> if, 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 tell me why, because I want, I'm excited to know if I don't have 100 billion, what is it that, that I can get Elena Lapalainen interested in? Well, I would copy myself if I could mm-hmm. uh, make like 100 Elinas writing all the interesting stories we have here in Finland. But we are a media corporation and I have colleagues. <gasps> so, of course, <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I pass these good tips to my colleagues. Uh, we have Medi Utiset who cover lots of uh, uh, like uh, medical technology startups. So even this week, they got one uh, a smaller funding round. I didn't have time, so they picked it. And Technica Talos uh, does the same. So I deliver news to my colleagues. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, Elena, as a final question, uh, what is your final big advice for uh, both people doing PR and 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 also people people who have a company? So, what is the what is the big thing that you'd like for them to remember all the time? Be as honest and transparent as you can, and build trust. That sounds like great advice. Elena, if someone wants to uh, tweet at you or contact you in any kind of way, do you have your preferred ways of uh, people reaching out to you? If you don't have my mail address, you can always send some uh, personal messages in LinkedIn or Twitter or any social media. I don't Facebook friends uh, with work-related people, but do it in LinkedIn. Sounds fantastic. Elena Lapalainen, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you. And we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And uh, let's share this out and get lots of people to consider. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. The Get Known Podcast is produced by San Francisco Agency, located in beautiful Helsinki, Finland, where the sun now never seems to go down. 
To hear more interviews with journalists and PR professionals, please subscribe to the Get Known podcast feed. You can share your comments or questions directly to me by connecting with me on LinkedIn or by sending email to getknown at sanfrancisco.fi. Looking forward to hearing from you.